0: Hi, my name is Michael Safer. Um, I am from the Crane Center for Transgender Surgery. I am a reconstructive surgeon. I perform uh, bottom surgery for trans males. Uh, we've had a busy day uh, in the office, in the operating room today, and um, I'm happy that we're having our um, first uh, AMA regarding um, phalloplasty surgery and Uh, we've had a lot of questions submitted over the last week and um, i'll start with those Um, feel free to ask questions during our conversation we'll get to them if we don't get to them um, live just put them in the comment section afterwards Um, but um, here we go the first question is how do i choose what size fallow is best for me Um, and that's a great question because um when you get to make choices about how the phallus is made and what size it is it can be really daunting uh, to make a decision Um, and it can seem arbitrary how big or how small the phallus is going to be in general we recommend phalluses that are five and a half six inches as the phalloplasty gets larger um, there are more complications. Um, And it's an important conversation to have with your physician, a lot of it has to depend on the type of phalloplasty that you're having done, what your size is, um, what size of your body is. um, And it's a great conversation to initiate with both the reconstructive urologist as well as the microsurgeon. Because the microsurgeons are actually um, the surgeons who perform the phalloplasty elements of the surgery Um, There may be limitations uh, in the size based upon your um, the architecture of your blood vessels Um, and so you'll get some guidance from your surgeon um, but in general keeping it uh, what we call physiological which is uh, trying to approximate the size of a phallus of a natal male uh, that's a pretty good guideline so that was a very good question. Second question is, will the crane surgeons ever perform or have they performed abdominal flap phalloplasty? We think the two best operations um, for phalloplasty are radial form phalloplasty and the ALT or the thigh phalloplasty. There are some limitations of the abdominal flap phalloplasty that are well-recognized. There are some advantages, like one advantage is that you can perform the procedure without having um, to place split the the skin grafts over the donor site. You can close it primarily. Um, But that benefit is offset by um, some problems with regard to sensation. Um, You want the phallus to have good sensation, both to fine touch as well as erogenous sensation and um, abdominal flap phalloplasty will not likely offer that to you. Um, it is less of a suitable organ for uh, subsequent implant surgery um, and it can create some difficulties with regard to uh, performing um, synchronous or at the same time urethral lengthening uh, surgery. So. Um, It's an interesting operation. It's an enticing idea. Realistically, it does not appear to be as attractive an option with long-term benefit and suitability for additional surgery. So um, that is a very good question also. What is our honest assessment of when the average fallow patient will be able to have sex penetration and what kind of sensation will I have? So th- that's a great question. So um, the, um, this assumes that you've had your phalloplasty operation and you've subsequently had um, implant surgery. So implant surgery is generally delayed for about nine months after your primary phalloplasty. If you need additional surgery uh, to work on the urethra or do some cosmetic touch-ups, that can sometimes delay when you have your implant surgery. You have to heal from your implant surgery. For the most part, patients are not initiating um, serious sexual activity for about eight weeks uh, after surgery. Um, And what kind of sensation you'll have? Well, you'll know what kind of sensation you have in advance of your implant surgery Um, over the course of the nine months you'll gain uh, additional sensation gradually it marches out towards the tip of the phallus usually declares itself by a year which is around the time a lot of patients are having their implant surgery so you'll know what kind of sensation you have in advance of your implant surgery Uh, we wait for healing to occur after your implant surgery before sexual activity Uh, specifically penetrative intercourse. Uh, We may change the schedule of that based upon um, how you're healing, how quickly or slowly you're healing, um, and that is individualized. And we'll have a lot of contact with you in your post-operative period to gauge that, but um, that is the ultimate goal, certainly, of course. Um, Do we offer phalloplasty with urethral lengthening without a vaginectomy? Yeah, this is a really good question. The answer is that we do, certainly with some caveats. The caveats are that um, um, the reason it's an issue is because the complication rate, specifically urethral fistula, is higher when patients don't have a vaginectomy performed. Um, There are ways to do the operation in a way to mitigate these risks. Um, We've performed uh, numerous... urethral lengthening procedures without vaginectomy, both for phalloplasty as well, for, as, well as metoidioplasty. Uh, it has some interesting surgical challenges. Uh, patients who enter into this operation should understand that there's an increased risk. Um, and ordinarily uh, complications like fistula are things that can be fixed if they occur um, and um, but certainly we do offer phalloplasty with urethral lengthening without vaginectomy. Good question. Are there certain things I should or shouldn't do to prepare donor site that will affect my final outcome? Um, we recommend um, process of hair removal, either electrolysis or laser. Uh, for the donor site that minimizes how much hair will be on the phallus, but also minimize how much hair will be in the urethra. Uh, we recommend you be uh, lean, uh, whatever your lean body weight can be before surgery. Uh, that'll help to minimize fat um, and optimize healing. Um, you should avoid injections, repeated injections, um, or have any IVs or anything put in. Um, Uh, in an arm that is gonna be uh, a donor site. Um, So, um, we will give you a lot of information about how to prepare for surgery with regard to the donor site. It's unusual that anyone does anything silly that um, uh, makes them uh, not a donor. People have had um, significant lacerations in advance of surgery that have challenged, challenged us, so. Just be careful with your body, specifically the donor site and all should be okay. Um, If I go too big with my fallow, can I decrease and what is the process? So um, this gets back to one of our original questions about size. We will counsel you not to have a large phallus. Um, When we talk about the size of the phallus, we're talking about both the length and the girth. Um, there's a lot more control that we have over the length than the girth. Uh, If the phallus is too girthy, usually that's a consequence of having a thigh phalloplasty. Um, The way that we deal with that postoperatively is we can perform liposuction and uh, some plication procedures or actually remove some fat. We've done that on a number of occasions. Um, These are Um, procedures that are spaced out over time. Uh, But if you do go too big with your phallus, uh, we can decrease the girth. It can be more difficult uh, to deal with length issues. So that should be something that you decide uh, with your surgeon in advance of the surgery. What are the most frequent complications that we see? So the most common complications that we see The most troubling complications for our patients are um, complications related to the urethra. So when we talk about the urethra, we're talking about urethral stricture and fistula. Uh, If you've looked into the surgery, you're gonna see this all over the place. Um, Many of these problems sort themselves out early in the healing process. If either of these problems, stricture or fistula, exists, they can be generally repaired. We usually wait about four months Uh, to do repairs. Um, What's nice is if you need other things done, other cosmetic changes, typically we can bundle these operations together. If you need liposuction, we can oftentimes um, take care of urethral complications at the same time. Also, if necessary, we can perform glandsplasty if that hasn't been performed at the time of your phalloplasty. Um, the other complications we see are minor cosmetic things that we uh, can take care of, as I mentioned before. Um, partial necrosis, or areas at the tip of the phallus that don't have enough blood, blood supply, that occurs from time to time. It's relatively infrequent, um, but um, we, can go all, we can go over an exhaustive list of all of the complications um, at, the time of, at the time of your consultation. Uh, but the most frequent complications we see are urethral complications and they can generally be dealt with. What's the worst case scenario timeline for how long it will take to heal? Um, that's a good question. Um, it depends on what we're talking about in terms of healing. Um, as I mentioned before, complication wise, we're talking about urethral complications, Sometimes urethral surgery can play out over six to nine months after surgery. Generally, by that time, it's taken care of. Um, for other issues, uh, healing with regard to the skin of the phallus, usually that occurs within the first few months. Um, if we're talking about healing from implant surgery, um, you know, that's um, that's usually over the course of a few weeks. So. Worst case scenario timeline for how long it'll take to heal, to have a functional urethra? Usually by a year. Um, and that's just sort of a general a general answer. Um, here's one question. Are there any increased risk for peripheral artery disease or other vascular health-related issues in folks who have phalloplasty given the rerouted blood supply? Um, Most of our patients are young and most of our patients don't have peripheral vascular disease. We've performed phalloplasty in patients in their 60s. If there is a history of peripheral vascular disease, it's important with regard to the donor site uh, because it can impact on the suitability of the arm or a thigh as the site um, for uh, donor phalloplasty. If necessary, we perform um, some Um, arterial vascular studies, x-rays to clarify the anatomy. Um, So are there increased risks? Yes, there are increased risks with peripheral vascular disease. It depends on specifically what's going on. Uh, To date, it has not um, made a patient not a candidate for phalloplasty. So it has not negated your candidacy for phalloplasty. Uh, We may have to change the site we may have to do additional studies, but uh, in general, it can get taken care of. All right. Um, what is a lat flap? Uh, why is a lat flap a poor donor site for phalloplasty? Uh, yeah, so I mentioned earlier we perform um, arm and thigh phalloplasties, the MLD phalloplasty. Uh, is performed uh, mostly in Europe. Uh, It incorporates a nerve which is not a sensory nerve, which is a motor nerve, and it can be uh, less reliable to uh, reestablish sensation. Uh, Typically, urethroplasty is not performed at the time of the surgery, uh, so that can be um, uh, a downside of the surgery, and in many cases, the phallus girth, because it incorporates muscle, can be substantial and for those reasons, um, we have chosen to um, offer um, a radial forearm and ALT phalloplasties for our patients. But um, that's a good question. I would have a lot more to say uh, if we have more time, but uh, in general, those are the three reasons. Are there disadvantages to not having a vaginectomy? Um, If you don't have a vaginectomy and you are having urethral lengthening, it does increase the risk of urethral complications. We talked about this a little bit before when someone asked if we perform phalloplasty with urethral lengthening without a vaginectomy. It's less surgery for us, um, but because the additional layers that having a vaginectomy All those additional layers over the urethra can help to reduce urethral complications, to leave the vagina as in subjects you to increased risk of urethral complications. And um, for that reason, um, those are the disadvantages. Um, You know, we explore with the patient um, why uh, the vagina remaining in, in situ or uh, un, undisturbed why you're having, um, why you wish that uh, to be the case, is it because the vagina is being used during sexual activity, um, and it's a, good, it's a good discussion to have with your, with your surgeon, but there are disadvantages, mostly with regard to urethral complications. Okay, so are there glands? Are, are the skein's glands spared during phalloplasty and does that allow you to ejaculate? Yeah, this is interesting. My initial background was in female urology. I trained in female urology at UCLA uh, and the skein glands can produce fluid at the time of ejaculation. These are glands that um, have to be carefully identified at the time of surgery Um, They are adjacent to the urethral opening and um, for the most part they can be spared. Um, Everyone has a different volume of fluid that comes out with ejaculation ranging from some to a lot. Uh, Surgery in general does not change that because the urethra is gonna be substantially elongated. It doesn't mean that the ejaculated fluid is gonna emanate from the phallus at the time of sexual activity. It may collect in the urethra. Um, Patients still are able to get that metaphysical sense of relief and um, release after ejaculation. So, um, provided the glands are spared, that should not change. Okay. That's a very good question. Is there a benefit of doing staged approach for ALT to help the perforators or should the surgery be done in one stage? This is a great question. The short answer is we don't have the answer and we are exploring the benefit um, of doing it as a staged approach. Obviously the downside is it would require another operation provided um, the perforating vessels are adequate The operation can generally be done safely in one stage, but we are exploring um, who um, the patients are that should have a staged approach and how to identify those patients preoperatively. Currently, we don't know the absolute answer to that question, Um, so anyone who is looking to having an ALT should discuss this with their reconstructive urologists and with their microsurgeon. But that's a really, really good question. So the question is how did I get into transgender surgery? Um, So um, I trained in urology and during my training I wanted to have um, what at the time was unusual exposure to reconstructive surgery for men and women and I was fortunate at the time to be offered advanced surgical training at UCLA and UCSF in female and male reconstructive surgery. Many years ago I traveled to Serbia to visit with a surgeon who was performing transgender surgery. Uh, I performed reconstructive urology for cisgendered men and women in la for about 15 years uh, and always had an interest in transitioning into transgender surgery and fortuitously there was an opportunity in san francisco with uh, the crane center Uh, we explored that a little over three years ago and the rest is history i am um, very much interested in the transgender community and offering Um, bottom surgery to patients. Uh, It has been a terrific experience in my life over the last three years to be able to uh, get to know my patients uh, and get to become an expert in this type of operation. Um, And um, there has been no turning back since then. So that's a great question. How many phalloplasties have I performed? I think it's around 135. And, and counting. So um, we perform one or two of these a week um, and uh, in addition to metoidioplasties and all the surgeries that accompany this like urethroplasties as well as implant operations. So about 135. So is hysterectomy required prior to phalloplasty? Can, be done, can it be done at the same time? If you are having vaginectomy, it has to be performed in advance. If you're not having vaginectomy performed, you do not necessarily require hysterectomy, except if it needs to be performed for other medical reasons. Um, can it be performed at the same time? We perform it at the same time for metoidioplasties. We think it's too much surgery, even if it's done laparoscopically or robotically to be done at the same time as a phalloplasty. Is that going to be the way that we view things forever? Not necessarily, but currently, uh, we only perform synchronous hysterectomy at the time of metoidioplasty and not for phalloplasty. Uh, It's too much surgery to recover from. Can penile implant be performed at the same time as phalloplasty? Not currently. Penile implant is an ultra sterile procedure when we um, open up the urethra or look at the urethra and we look into the bladder. What that causes is um, some contamination of the surgical field which would cause a penile implant to be Uh, possibly infected. Um, So penile implant is not typically performed at the same time as phalloplasty, usually it's performed uh, between 9 and 12 months afterward. But that's a very good question. Uh, In my professional opinion, which flap, uh, either radial forearm or ALT, has better sensation um, I believe that radial forearm has better sensation. We don't know this for sure, it's our impression. Uh, we have um, a huge experience in phalloplasty and we'll be reviewing outcomes, one outcome will be um, sensation and so we will hopefully be able to offer uh, an answer to this. I think in, in our hands right now, radial forearm um, has better sensation and an earlier return to sensation. That's a good question. Is there, this is a good question. Very good. Is there any disadvantage to doing metoidioplasty first if I decided to convert to fallow later? Um, Probably there's not a disadvantage. What we hope is that you can get early treatment of your gender dysphoria and have gender-affirming surgery and the type of gender-affirming surgery that you want at the time that you're ready for it. Uh, For many patients this is metoidioplasty because at the time they don't want to subject themselves to the potential risk of a donor complication. They are interested initially uh, in standing to pee and not so much in penetrative intercourse. So what I tell patients is if you're interested in standing the P, you don't care at the time uh, whether or not you're able to have penetrative sex, and if you believe that metoidioplasty will help with regard to improving your gender dysphoria, you should have that done first. And then if you subsequently decide to have a phalloplasty later, you really haven't burned your bridges and you can have surgery done in the future with regard to phalloplasty implant surgery so if you want metoidioplasty and you think you might want phalloplasty later get metoidioplasty if you are undecided and only want to have one operation and are okay waiting and believe that you may want to have penetrative intercourse then perhaps wait for your phalloplasty How is the urethra lengthened more from a meta to a fallow? So this is an easy answer. The easy answer is that we hook up the current tip of your phallus to the new urethra, to the urethra that runs within the tube that the microsurgeons create. So what we do is we've already lengthened the urethra Now what we do is we bury your current phallus and then plug on the new urethra. So we basically sew the tip of the phallus to the base of the new urethra. Uh, So that is actually a very easy thing that requires just a few stitches. Should I have a speculum exam for my OB-GYN after hysterectomy prior to presenting for fallow to ensure I do not have a vaginal cuff leak? This is a really good question. Virtually always you will be aware of whether or not you have a vaginal cuff leak because it's a leakage, not of urine, but of what's called peritoneal fluid, the fluid that bathes your intestine and your liver. If you have a vaginal cuff leak, for the most part, You'll be having unexplained leakage of clear fluid that does not smell like urine. Uh, If that is the case, you should go back to the surgeon who performed your hysterectomy to assure that there is uh, no leak. Very rarely there can be an injury to the urinary tract that can cause leakage. This can be a serious problem and needs to be distinguished from a vaginal cuff leak All surgeons like to examine their patients after hysterectomy, I'm sure that your gynecologist wants to examine you afterwards, so for a lot of reasons you should go to them and have a follow-up. So, um, yeah, so um, I hope that this was helpful and answered some of your questions. I encourage you to go to the comments section. If you still have questions, uh, we'll get to them afterwards, we'll go through all of the questions and answer them. If you have any um, other questions and, or if you want to have a consultation in our office either in San Francisco or in Austin, you can get in touch with us. Um, our website is www.craincts.com. Uh, you can get in touch with us there, it has our phone numbers, there are online web forms where you can submit questions. Um, hopefully, this is the, only the first of multiple Ask Me Anything sessions, and we encourage you to tell us what, what you want us to discuss in the future, whatever topics are up there, um, and uh, we will get to them, and thank you very much for attending this AMA session.